Friday, July 17th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, uh, the Indians inter-squad game Thursday night featured uh, Terry Francona's home, home squad uh, coming from behind and, and rallying and beating Barney's bunch. Uh, Bradley Zimmer, again, with the big blow. He had a two-run home run that gave Terry Francona's team the lead. And then uh, they took the took the game four to three, scoring the game winning run on a RBI fielder's choice ground out by Tyler Naquin. Right, yeah, and uh, you know Greg Allen added uh, kind of the the frosting on the cake with a with a two run homer in the sixth. So uh, uh, you know um, a good night for uh, Carlos Carrasco. Went uh, five innings, uh, five innings, two runs, five strikeouts, one walk. He hit two guys. He kind of checked all the boxes. He hit two guys, threw a wild pitch, uh, and walked a guy. But uh, he didn't look really overpowering, Joe, to me. But he was, uh, you know, threw a lot of good breaking balls. And, uh, you know, looked like he's he's got one more start. And he says he's ready and, you know, got up to uh, 86 pitches, I believe. And Carl Willis wants to keep him right there around that same pitch count for his, his next time out, and then he'll be ready for the season. All right, well, let's circle back to Carrasco after we talk about Bradley Zimmer. Uh, Zimmer, again, the the power is there, the opposite field power. We saw him homer uh, twice in the game on Wednesday, and then he comes back Thursday and hits another opposite field home run. Uh, this is when Bradley Zimmer knows he's going well is when you see that ball jumping to to, uh, to left field for him. Yeah, that's when he, you know, he's got that new stance. And he said when, you know, he starts driving the ball the other way to left field, you know he's on balance. You know he's, uh, you know, making good contact and that he's seeing the ball well. Uh, I thought Mike Clevenger said some interesting things about Zimmer the other night. He said that the change in stance has, you know, given him the ability to uh, not get beat by the high inside uh, strikes. Uh, the Clevenger said people just used to wear him out there because the guy is 6'5", long arms, long legs, and uh, he could never get to that inside uh, fastball. And uh, by bringing his arms in and, and getting into a little little bit of a crouch, he's, he can reach that ball now. So, uh, you know, that's interesting. And, uh, you know, Zimmer has four, four home runs. Everybody's been talking about Chang. Um, his spring, you know, in spring training too, with four homers. But Zimmer also has four. So that's, you know, this this is a guy that's, like we said before, Joe. He's on a mission. Does he make the Does he make the team? This is going to be a really, really tight uh, decision for uh, uh, manager Terry Francona and his coaching staff. And Tito mentioned yesterday a couple of times talk, having to have tough conversations with guys. I'm starting to think that he's talking about other guys that he's going to have tough conversations about uh, instead of Zimmer, you know, or going into camp, I thought, you know, Zimmer would be one of those guys that they were like telling, you know, Hey, you're close, but you're not right. You're not quite there. He's there now based on what we're seeing. Uh, Again, he could get out there against a team with a different uniform on and have it all, you know, go away. Who knows? Uh, But his remarks to the, to the media, the other night after the two home run game, he, he sounds like there's, there's a bit of an attitude and an edge to him as well. He, he says, nobody expected me to be here. 
nobody expected me to be doing this. So I'm just, I'm going out there and, and, and sort of balling out. Yeah. And uh, I agree. And, you know, this is an interesting study, Joe, uh, 60 games, you know, in 60 game season, you know, people always get hot in spring training. The question is, do they stay hot once you get into the regular season? Now, now Francona's got to weigh this, you know, do you, do you keep your, the hot guys in the lineup right now because you need a quick start and it's, it's tough to maybe go back to your veteran guys that maybe aren't swinging the bat well and just what is, you know, what's your thought process and will they all of a sudden turn it on when, uh, you know, July 24th, while you've got guys like, uh, you know, Zimmer and Chang, you know, just hitting the cover off the ball. And what do you do? You send those guys back to Lake County and, uh, you know, and you go with a, maybe a colder, colder bat. I, I don't know, but it's, it's kind of a, I don't know if you change your uh, philosophy, you know, going into a short season like this. Yeah. A, a good word philosophy. I think, uh, you know, hot against your teammates is one thing. Hot against an opponent, you know, probably something totally different. Terry Francona, from what we've seen in the past, is loyal almost to a fault to his veteran guys. Uh, I can't see him changing that dramatically that he would go with an untested, unproven kid who's hot over a guy who he's seen and knows and is comfortable with. Uh, you know, I just – I go back to the example of Edwin Encarnacion a couple of years back, you know, wasn't hitting early. And, you know, Tito said, just stick with it. We know what the results are going to be. We know where the numbers are going to be at the end of the year. And sure enough, you know, 30 home runs, 100 RBIs every time is what you got out of Encarnacion. So, uh, yeah, I don't think that it's, this is enough that the, the 60 game schedule is enough to make Terry Francona shift that dramatically from his, sort of one of his coaching foundations and that's you know to to really rely on and trust his veteran guys yeah I, I think that's a good point and uh you know every manager I've ever covered says you can get fooled in spring training uh you know don't uh, you could get fooled in spring training and September so uh you know you don't buy in all the way on those stats but you know whatever happens whatever the uh whatever course they take, you know, Chang and Zimmer, I would not be surprised if sometimes if they don't make the club coming out of spring training uh, two, I would think they, they'd have a chance to help this team sometime in the next couple of months. And now shifting back to Carlos Carrasco, as we, uh, we mentioned, speaking of veterans who, you know, uh, Tito's going to rely on to sort of be there in the end and, and give him consistency and what he's looking for. Uh, is is this a, a matter of with, with uh, Carrasco and Clevenger, what we've seen over the last uh, two outings for each of them, you know, it, it makes you appreciate what Shane Bieber has been able to do uh, since the start of camp and since the start of uh, spring training even more. Shane Bieber came in and he was practically in midseason form at the start of spring training and the summer camp. Uh, Mike Clevenger hadn't pitched. Uh, you know, at all in spring training and comes to this and, and everybody was expecting him to, to sort of be at that same level as Bieber. And the reality sets in for Clevenger and Carrasco that these guys really haven't pitched since, you know, September or for in Carrasco's case, uh, you know, have, haven't started games since, since May. In, uh, yeah, May and June. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's a good point, Joe. And, you know, Clevenger is dealing with the uh, knee thing, the knee injury, and, uh, you know, was very honest about it in his last outing, said, you know, his body <laughs> didn't trust that his knee would, would lock up, you know, as, no, as a knee normally does and allow him to uh, transfer his weight and his energy to the plate in his delivery. And he said he had to get over that. And uh, do you get over that in one, uh, in five innings or four innings? I don't know. You know, this, so his next start is going to be very, very interesting. And I was wondering, Joe, what do you, would, you, would they ever open with him on the DL if he has a, an, an injured list, if he, has, if he has another start like this one? See, but I don't know if they can do that. If he's physically healthy and it's just a mental thing and a, a sort of to, to refine that and, and, and trust yourself, I, he's, there's no pain, he said. He, he said there's no physical issue. So it's, it's more of a getting reps thing. And I don't know, is that something that they would want to do? Yeah. put him on the deal yeah, uh, and yeah so it's it's really uh you know i think it so there's a lot riding on his next start i think uh, or, or maybe you know i don't know i mean but i i would think you know they're going to view that very very closely well a couple of things mike clevenger is really good at making adjustments we've seen him do that not just uh game to game but inning to inning in the past so he can make quick adjustments and also, I think they, they would probably tend to want to open with him on the roster and just pitch through whatever issues he has at the beginning of the year, even if it's a, a, a short season, need, need to start quick. I, I still think uh, Mike Clevenger is going to be a better option than most of the guys you're going to be facing out there for the Royals or the Tigers or, or you know, half the other teams you're going to play. Yeah, and you might bring a, a, an extra starter, maybe a Moss or a Plutko. Uh, to uh, piggyback with him, maybe if he only goes, he's able to go three, four, five innings. You bring in another guy to to go to and get to the bullpen. I, I'm not sure, but that might play into this as well. Well, also don't forget that Mike Clevenger's first start is probably going to be against the Royals, and that's a team that he doesn't lose to. So, oh my God, yeah, he's that, a great number. He's got that guy. I think he's nine and zero in his career against the Royals, something like that. Uh, but back to Carrasco. Here's what Carlos Carrasco had to say after Thursday night's game at Progressive Field. Today I just went five innings. It's feel, it feels great. Like I said before, I can went to the game and start, man. Uh, you know, facing my teammates is completely different, but uh, we, get, we get to the other points, so we start playing. It's, uh, it's going to be uh, way better and completely different to uh, different scenarios. So. I'm also probably a little bit of uh, my slider uh, today is a bit different from last year, from last game too. So I've been working on that. I um, improved a lot too. So last year that was kind of a little bit short. So now it's pretty much just going in the middle. And those hit it. The ball is fastball and it just swing away. I think it's uh, a bit different for me this year. So I used to have a little bit more. In the past, every time when I have bases loaded, so I always get two or three runs. So now I'm available to stop that that inning right there, uh, trying some, you know, getting some out. And just uh, like I said before, you just want to put some zero on the board. Uh, when I have those uh, scenario right there, like bases loaded, I don't want anyone to score because I know uh, uh, how hard we play, how hard it is to get in a run. 
So I just tried to stop right there, and that's and that's what I did, and that's what I've been working too. So I, I'm glad I have the ice scenario right there, so I can stop and write that and set him get two or three runs. I got one more game to go. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be uh, six inning. Um, I just want to get, uh, you know, I, I just want to get ready for the season. The short season is only 60 games. Um, to respond to your question, yes, I feel uh, I feel pretty good at this point right now. Then I can um, I just want to go out there and pitch. You know what? Uh, my goal today was getting out of you. You? So he's, this guy means he didn't run to everyone. So I just got him fly ball. Uh, strike out, but you know what? You know, just playing against them, so it's, it's, it's nice. But um, like I said before, guys, I just want to wait till the season starts. And uh, we've been waiting for from what March something to now to this point, so I can wait to start pitching the real games. All right, that was Carlos Carrasco on his outing. Like you said, it was a mixed bag, uh, up and down, a little bit of everything. But I think Cookie is enough of a veteran that he just he just needs a couple more innings under his belt, and things will be all right. The this the stuff was there. He threw a couple of split change uh, uh, pitches that you know had Oscar Mercado spinning in the dirt. So it, it's it's there. The stuff is there. It just needs you know a little bit more time. Yeah, I like the fact that, you know, he was he, he pitched himself into trouble and he pitched himself out of it. You know, that was a good sign in the fourth inning. He, he was, you know, got into a bases loaded jam, uh, a lot of run, but he still, you know, managed that. He, he stopped the uh, damage right there and got out of it. The next inning, he had runners on base again and, uh, you know, struck out Reyes with uh, runners on, uh, you know, with, with a runner on third. So, you know, I think uh, – all that I think is is playing into him getting ready for the season, and uh, you know I asked him after the game last night about the bases loaded situation that he pitched out of, and he said you know that that gave him some confidence. So you know he's got one more start, like we said, and uh, we'll see where that takes us. All right, and here's Carl Willis, the Indians pitching coach, on Carrasco and a whole bunch of other things. I, I thought he competed well. His uh, his breaking pitches seemed to be effective tonight. Um, yeah, you know, he was working on a couple of things, and uh, you know, he made a couple of mistakes with with fastballs, um, not getting them quite where he was trying to go. Um, but I thought again, he, he competed well. You know, he had a long day. We had some things going on here at the ballpark. So seven o'clock start. He was probably here at twelve thirty, which is a little bit early. Uh, for a starter and not to make excuses, but, um, you know, extremely long day for him prior to getting out. But, uh, you know, he got his work in and uh, he changed speeds effectively. He, uh, he threw 86 pitches tonight uh, through the course of five innings. Um, you know, we will probably, uh, he has one more start left uh, prior to the season starting. So we'll probably keep him around that 85 pitch mark. Um, and then, you know, he'll have the ability to, to, to stretch it out a little further um, when the season does begin. But I, I think he's uh, he's on pace uh, really with most of the other guys. I think his last two appearances, we are starting to see his stuff tick up a bit. Um, you know, again, everything is not about velocity, but we are seeing the velocity start to increase. I think we're starting to see 
uh, you know, the Brad Hand slider start to resurface, and that comes obviously with arm and hand speed. Um, so, you know, he is progressing. And uh, again, I feel like the last two outings uh, have been very encouraging for us. And, uh, you know, with a couple of appearances left here, um, I think he'll be in a very good spot to, to begin the season. So, uh, again, I thought it was very encouraging tonight. Really, you know, he, to see him beat a couple guys with his fastball because obviously the slider is, is the pitch that, uh, you know, he has to have. And he does have. All right, Paul, that was uh, Carl Willis and his thoughts on the game and his thoughts with, uh, you know, the, the rotation. It, it looks like things are pretty much set in the rotation as far as the top three go, uh, Bieber, Clevenger, and then Carrasco. Uh, beyond that, we're, we're likely to see Aaron Savali as the, uh, the, the number four guy, correct? Yeah, Savali's uh, pitching tonight uh, in another inner squad. I think he's scheduled to go five or six innings. He pitched great the last time out, six innings. Um, really, you know, Terry Francona said he pitched like a veteran. Um, the guy that, you know, came up with Police Hack last year, I think started the year in double-A, um, really kind of came out of nowhere and really saved the Indians' rear end. But, uh, you know, I, it was interesting to talk to uh, to Adam Simber, who caught him a lot, I guess, in, in during the uh, – during the, you know, the three-month shutdown while they were working out together in, in Arizona. He said his ball moves all over the place. He can make it move anywhere he wants. He can, you know, dot it up. He, he's got some velocity, uh, you know, and he's, and he's got that cool demeanor. You, you never see him really, you know, he, he talks softly, and you never see him any emotion from him on the mound. I kind of like my pitchers that way. Back in the days when we could actually have access in the clubhouse, you had to get really close to Aaron Savali in order to, to interview him to record what he's saying and, and, and hear what he was saying. He does speak almost, almost whisper-like uh, under his breath. But uh, out of any of the pitchers that have come up in the last season or so, uh, the one, you know, Bieber gets the most credit for, you know, being more, most like Corey Kluber. The, the one who acts the most like Corey Kluber is Aaron Savali. Yeah, I, I would I would definitely agree with that. Uh, you know, um, he uh, he's quiet. He he you know he doesn't he doesn't crack too many smiles. He's the, the great stone face, and uh, you know he's kind of matter of fact. He's you ask him a, a yes or no a question, he's going to say yes or no. So <laughs> you you got to stretch it out. You've got to you got to think before you ask uh, Savali a question. And and then uh, beyond that, really the the last spot in the five-man rotation. And, and Tito said, you know, five-man rotation. He, he, he sort of is going is to stick to that. Uh, I think Plesak and, and Plutko are, are the last options there. And really, uh, I think Plesak's going to get the opportunity. Yeah, Plesak's probably pitched a little better uh, than, than Plutko in, in spring training, too. Um, and, and Adam is uh, – Adam's going to throw a, a simulated game Saturday in uh, – back here in, in Progressive Field Saturday afternoon. And uh, I think uh, Polisak looks like he's going to start Saturday night in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would think uh, that's how it'll break out. But I think Plutko still makes a team, don't you? Yeah, I, I, they'll, they'll find it, especially with the 30-man uh, roster, 15 and 15, that there's room for him to be on the roster. It's just, you know, beyond that, beyond a, a week or two, 
when they have to start cutting things down, who knows what's going to happen. And a million yeah. things could happen before then. So Yeah, and he proved, proved what he could do last year. I think uh, he had a solid season. He helped them out. He can pitch in relief. He can start. They know what he can do. I think that's uh, an important quality that, uh, you know, Frank Kona can trust him. He knows what he's going to get out of them. All right. Another uh, name that, that popped up in, in last night's game, I, I believe he had three hits. Three hits for Domingo Santana? I think uh, he had two, Joe. Two Let me hits. check here. Two base hits up the middle, though, which, which, which yeah. is a good sign. Uh, and, you know, on base three times in the game. So, right. uh, Domingo Santana, afterwards, this is what he had to say about his performance in the game. I'm starting to feel a little bit more comfortable, you know. I try to tell myself, just um, be patient, you know, not trying to do too much. I think in spring training, that's what I was trying to do. Coming in and a new team, you know, we're just trying to, like, show something. But um, I'm glad that um, I um, just started, like, to tell myself, like, just calm down, you know, and just let everything happen. I mean, it's not fun. Somebody, uh, almost all these guys are really nasty, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, you got to go there, you know, you got to compete, you know, and, you know, and um, make sure you, like, um, bring some feedback to them, you know, to uh, help them, you know, um, um, to tell them, like, you know, where they're at and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's a good help for both, both of um, the offense and the um, pitching staff. Everybody out here, you know, just trying to prove this up every every day, you know, and um, just trying to um, have that mentality that, you know, you've got to make the club, you know, you got to, and you, you want to be able to feel confident once the season comes. I'm very grateful that I'm, I'm 100% now, you know, and um, I'm able to, to play in the outfield, you know, and, you know, improve and, and be there for, for uh, my team. Um, it felt really good, you know, just to, um, you know, hit the ball in the air, you know, I haven't done that in, for a while, you know, and um, it just felt really good for myself and my confidence and, um, you know, and I was just trying to keep everything simple, you know, and just drive the ball. All right, Santana, another uh, in intriguing sort of situation there for, for Terry Francona. Uh, he didn't hit much in the the, the first spring training in, in Goodyear. Uh, he's come here. He started out slow, but the last couple of, of inter-squad games, he's really sort of come around. Is is he a guy, if he can get hot, stay hot? Obviously, we saw last year what he could do early on in a season if he was hot with Seattle. Uh, that could be a, a huge impact bat in the middle of Francona's lineup. Yeah, definitely. Like you said, he had two hits last night in RBI, had a hit and a sacrifice fly on Wednesday, and Tuesday had that big game-winning grand slam. So you could tell he's starting to get comfortable, Joe, uh, with, this, with his new surroundings. And, yeah, he's a proven power hitter. Uh, this team needs that, even if he's coming off the bench. So, uh, you know, I keep forgetting about him, kind of. I, I don't know why, but when you talk about all those outfielders, you, you, and you're trying to list him, you know, he kind of is right around the, the, the middle or the bottom, and then you see him have, you know, games like he's had the last three nights, and, you know, you know he's kind of a proven hitter. He's got a track record, and I think, uh, you know, he's got to be in there somewhere, don't you think? I mean, I, DH, I do. outfield I do. I think, somewhere. I think he's your, your, your first DH right now. If, if you're going to 
you're going to put Framil Reyes out there in right field, then you're, you're going to have Domingo Santana as your DH, one or the other. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I know what you're saying about, you know, sort of forgetting about guys in that 10-man outfield mix. I When I try to go through that list in my head, Jake Bowers is always the one that I leave off the list yeah. for whatever reason. And, and Bowers has, has come on a little bit the, the last few games too. Right. He's, he's had a couple of hits. He's, you know, run the School bases base. really well. Yeah. Uh, but but the but really the one that you, we want to talk about is is Tyler Naquin and Tyler Naquin's knee looks like it's almost it's got to be 100% healthy. Last night he had a hit, he stole a base, and he legged out a fielder's choice, stayed out of a double play that uh, gave Tito's team a run. Yeah, that was a go-ahead run too, and uh, no Naquin's looked great. I mean, watching him in spring training uh, in February. I mean, he was working very, very hard. And we all know the story that he came as soon as spring training got suspended on March 12th, came back to Cleveland, continued his rehab. He was up at the, the upper level of Crocker Park's parking garage, <laughs> bouncing balls off concrete walls. And uh, all that work has certainly paid off. I, you know, I think he's going to be a regular in the outfield. Outfield. I, I mean, maybe he's not a starter, an everyday guy, but I think he's going to. I think he's going to play a lot. I really right. do, and he looks healthy. I would agree with playing a lot, and I think he's your primary uh, right fielder against right-handed pitchers, uh, which which makes it interesting with like what we were just saying with Domingo Santana and Framo Reyes. You know, what are you going to do if that that defensive spot is going to be occupied by by Naquin? Uh, do you move? Framil the left and have uh, Santana at DH or, you know, just platoon those guys back and forth. Uh, where does that leave a Greg Allen? Where does, do you fa- find room for Bradley Zimmer? Uh, Oscar Mercado is going to be in center field, but is he going to be in center field every day? Who, who knows about that? So yeah. Lots of, a lot of questions still to be answered. All right. Well, uh, the, the last guy we wanted to talk about, the, uh, the other starter in last night's game, Logan Allen. Uh, like you said, Hoinsey, he, he scuffled a little bit. He had, had four walks, I believe, in the game. Uh, yeah, all is, in one inning. Is, is there a place for Logan Allen on this roster when camp breaks? Uh, you know, I think he's kind of – I think Plutko's probably in, in front of him right now. And uh, I think that's a role probably Logan Allen would fill. Um, if, if Plutko wasn't here, but I think he needs to, uh, you know, obviously he needs to pitch. He's got some control issues. Um, we've seen him, the, seen that the both times in his both starts, uh, his two starts in spring training too. Um, but, you know, Carl Willis was, you know, really liked the way he threw last night. He said his delivery looks much better um, through some good breaking balls. He looks like he's, he's get improving. And, um, you know, and he's still young, Joe. I think you forget that. I think he's only 22, 23, something like that. Right. So he's, he's got some time. And, you know, Terry Francona was talking about guys like Moss, Scott Moss and Logan Allen, you know, and kind of having, you know, young pitchers uh, in the pipeline that, that could help you as starters. And, you know, right now the starting rotation seems to be the least of their concern. But we found out last year that obviously you can never that, have enough pitching. That can change within the first week of games. Uh, absolutely. All right, Hoinsey. It's uh, it's coming up on the the first time we're going to get to see these guys take the field and in 
not a game that means anything, but a game that looks more more like what we're going to expect to see during the regular season. And and that's always a bonus. The uh, the first exhibition game will be Saturday night in Pittsburgh. You can catch it on Major League Baseball Network and listen on WTAM. Uh, we'll be tuning in and, and following along as these guys uh, take the field for the first time under these these strange circumstances. Looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be fun. It's always – I mean, that's a beautiful ballpark. I don't know if you've ever been there, Joe. It's it's gorgeous. The press box is like 10, 10 miles in the sky, but you can see the rivers, you know, the three rivers, and you can see all of Pittsburgh, the skyline. It's beautiful, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trek to get up there. Poinsy, it's still in Pittsburgh, so that's the, the – it could be as gorgeous and as nice as you like it, but it's still in Pittsburgh. And you <laughs> know me, cool. not, a, not a huge Pittsburgh fan in any way. So uh, it's, it's cool. The Indians usually stay downtown. You can walk to the ballpark across those bridges, those yellow bridges, see uh, Clemente and Willie Stargell's statues there. It's a pretty cool park. I, I will 100% respect the Clemente <laughs> statue and the Stargell statue. They ever start building uh, statues to Mason Rudolph? I'm gonna, uh, you know, take a drive the other way. Uh, Heinze, we will be back uh, next week as we get closer to the regular season with our daily podcasts here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll uh, we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe. Thanks, man.